Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 27. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us on Wednesday evenings, you know... We've been talking about earlier in the book of Exodus how God delivered his people out of the bondage of Egypt after four centuries or 400 years. And the people were free at last. Free at last. Free at last. What, saints? Thank God Almighty. We're free. We're free. They probably were singing that. So several months, you know, they're traveling through the wilderness and God brought them to this giant, give me your attention, God brought them to this giant rectangular shaped mountain and this giant rectangular shaped mountain looked like a huge pulpit and certainly as we talked about in the past, that would certainly be appropriate because it's from this mountain, Mount Sinai, from this giant shaped pulpit that God is going to preach and proclaim and explain and give Moses instructions. And, you know, you were with us. He began with the Ten Commandments. Later, God gave him some principles and some laws concerning morality and ceremony. Then in chapter 24 of Exodus, the mountain begins to quake and it's covered with smoke and fire. And Moses again enters the presence of God. And God gives him instructions on how to build the tabernacle. And then over the last several months now, we did this whole series on Jesus and the tabernacle. And I think you're going to want to pick that up in just a couple weeks when it's available to you. But we did a whole series on Jesus and the tabernacle. And we looked at the types and the parallels of Jesus. And that's kind of where we've been. Tonight, we actually turn our attention away from the tabernacle. And we turn our attention to the outer court or to the courtyard. Exodus chapter 27, we pick up in verse 1. We'll read through verse 8. Come back and have some comments. Exodus 27 in verse 1. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And you shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. And you shall make its horns on its four corners. Its horn shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with what, saints? Bronze. Also, you shall make its pans and the utensils. Here we go. To receive its ashes and its shovels and its basins and its forks and its fire pans. You shall make all of its utensils of bronze. You want to note this is bronze is brass of bronze and brass. Same thing. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze, and on the network you shall make four bronze rings 
at its four corners so you can lift it. And you shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath, but that the network may be midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay the poles with what? And the poles shall be put into rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar to bear it, and you shall make it hollow with boards as it was shown you on the mountain, so shall they make it. Well, let's read on. And you shall also make the court of the tabernacle. For the south side there shall be hangings for the court made of fine woven linen. What color would that be? White. 100 cubits long for one side and its 20 pillars and their 20 sockets shall be bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their band shall be silver. Likewise, along the length of the north side, there shall be hangings 100 cubits long with its 20 pillars and their 20 sockets of bronze and the hooks of the pillars and their bands of silver. And along the width of the court, you still with me, on the west side shall be hangings of 50 cubits with their 10 pillars and their 10 sockets. The width of the court on the east side shall be 50 cubits. The hangings on one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits with three pillars and three sockets and their three sockets. And on the other side shall be hangings of 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets. For the gate of the court, this is the gate, the doorway, the gate, There shall be a screen 20 cubits long. And notice it's woven of some very familiar colors, blue and purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen made by a weaver. And it shall have four pillars and four sockets. All the pillars around the court shall have bands of silver and their hooks shall be of silver and their sockets of bronze. The length of the court shall be 100 cubits, the width 50 throughout and the height Five cubics made of fine woven linen and its sockets of bronze and all the utensils of the tabernacle for all its service, all its pegs and all the pegs of the court shall be of bronze. And you shall command the children of Israel in verse 20 that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn underline this continually. In the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall tend it from evening, this is interesting, until morning. Not from morning to evening, but from evening to morning before the Lord. And it shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. It is a fairly short chapter, 21 verses. And if you've been with us, you already know that the tabernacle (laughs) was divided into three compartments. We have the outer court, we have the holy of holies, and you have the holy place. And we've talked uh, extensively about the holy place and the holies of holies and the tabernacle. We've been talking about that. The tabernacle itself, remember, it was 45 feet long and 15 feet wide. It was broken up into two compartments. And we've talked about that. 
The tabernacle itself was surrounded by a fence that was 150 feet long and 75 feet wide. And before we look at the courtyard or this fenced-in area, God first has given us the specifics on the altar. You find that. Go ahead and look at it in verses 1 through 8. The specifics on the altar. Now listen, there are two altars in the tabernacle. There's a golden altar, don't you remember? On the inside of the tabernacle, and it's the altar of incense. Now, we've alluded to it. We've talked about it just a little bit, and in the coming weeks, we'll talk about it a bit more. But there's the altar of incense there inside the tabernacle. Then outside in the courtyard, there's this bronze or brass altar outside of the, outside of the tabernacle for the sacrificing of animals. Everything inside the tabernacle was gold. Everything in the courtyard was brass. The bronze altar in the courtyard was made of wood and overlaid with bronze, and it was fireproof. The bronze altar had four rings, we just read it, and poles going through it so it could be carried. It also had four horns, one on each corner, where the sacrifice would be tied. Very interesting, are you listening? This word for altar in the Hebrew language is spelled M-I-Z. B-E-A-C-H. M-I-Z-B-E-A-C-H. And that word in the Hebrew for altar is the Hebrew word for killing place. Is the Hebrew word for slaughter place. The bronze altar, listen, was a killing place for the sacrificial animal. I thought about that today. And I was thinking, you know, Christians... We have a killing place. We have a slaughter place. You know what it is? It's called the cross. The cross for the Christian is the killing place. It's the slaughter place. Jesus, get this, was tied to this killing place. Jesus, like the sacrificial animal, was tied to the altar of sacrifice. For Jesus, that would be also what place? The cross. Jesus was tied to the cross. Now, listen, there was a big difference between Jesus, the sacrifice being tied to the altar and the animal sacrifice being tied to the altar. You see, the animal sacrifice was tied and was held by ropes. Jesus was tied, but he wasn't held by ropes. He was held on the cross by what, saints? Love. He was held by the cross on the cross by love. Rope did not hold him there. The nails did not hold him there. Don't you remember when they came to get him in the garden of Gethsemane? Don't you remember when they came to get him, they walked up to him. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. Lord, help me remember it right now. (laughs) So good. I'll never forget it. And, 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 and Jesus, remember when they came to get him and, and, And they said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And don't you remember what happened when he said, I am? They all fell backwards. I love that story. Right after that, they get up. They dust themselves off. They don't know what hit them. The word of God hit them. But they didn't know that. I don't know what they thought. 
But they got up, they dust themselves off, and then they tied Jesus with ropes, bound him, and took him to Jerusalem ultimately to sacrifice him. Don't you understand? We learn from that story that ropes did not hold him. If Jesus chose not to go to Jerusalem, he didn't have to go. All he had to do was speak the word. Don't you remember? There were angels just waiting to come to his rescue. Them angels were in heaven saying, Lord, just, just give us the word. We're ready to fight. Them angels, they're pretty tough. There's, there's, got, there's a hood in heaven. I know it is. I mean, there's got to be. Them angels, they're ready to fight. Just speak the word, Lord. Speak the word. Speak the word. We're going to come down on them. You see, see, Jesus had at his disposal all of the resources and the word of God. Ropes didn't hold him. And they tied him. I mean, what was the point in tying him, by the way? What would be the point? At that point, they knew he was powerful. They knew something was different. Matter of fact, I don't think you could look at Jesus and not know there's something different. I don't think so. You know, the movies, they kind of bring the, the lights in on the eyes and the, mu- the music comes and the light travels everywhere he goes. And, you know, but I don't think that's what I don't think that's right. I don't, that can't be right. I think what made Jesus different was the love that he had in his face. Even when they came to get him, he loved them. He was going to die for them. He was going to die for the ones who were taking him and crucifying him. He was dying for them, going to die for them. So ropes didn't hold him. Love bound Jesus and held him to the cross. Now listen, when a person came through the gate, give me your attention and get get this in your mind's eye. When a person came through the gate of the tabernacle, the first thing that they would see was a bronze or brass altar. You couldn't miss it because it was the biggest piece of furniture in the courtyard. It was, if you're taking notes, Bible students, it was seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high. It was made of acacia wood overlaid with brass. Now, Calvary Chapel people, help me out. Acacia wood speaks of what? Humanity, especially the humanity of Jesus. Brass, listen, speaks of who knows what? Judgment. Very good. Whenever, listen, whenever you come across brass in the Bible, it always speaks of judgment. Judges chapter 16, Samson was bound with brass fetters after he sinned. That was judgment. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 in John's vision, John saw Jesus like his feet were like brass. Brass speaks of judgment. Perhaps you remember in Numbers chapter 16, the children of Israel, get this, great story, read it tonight. Numbers chapter 16, the children of Israel were complaining even though they had nothing to complain about. And God said, if you want something to complain about, I'll give you something to complain about. Isn't that the old parent proverbial statement? Can I, come on parents, tell the truth. You know you said that. I know I have. My kids get to complaining and crying. Out, oh, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. Well, God did the same thing. Then in Numbers chapter 21, get this. So you go from chapter 16 where the people were complaining to Numbers chapter 21. God gave them a reason to complain. God sent fiery serpents into the camp. 
And the serpents began to sting the people. And they began dropping like flies dead. And then they came to Moses. And like any good pastor, Moses went to the Lord. And the Lord said, Moses, make a brass snake and put it on a brass pole. And Moses, tell the people, whoever is bitten and looks up at the brass serpent on the brass pole will live. Now, listen, the story. Are you listening? The story in Numbers chapter 21 is a story about Jesus. And there's no guessing. How do you know? Put your finger right here in Exodus and travel with me to the Gospel of John and travel quickly, if you will. Keep your finger in Exodus. We're going to go right back to it. You just got to see this with your own two eyes. John chapter three. And I want you to look at verse 14. Numbers 21 is a story about Jesus. Look at John chapter three, verse 14. Are you looking at it? Notice in verse 14, and Moses, and as Moses, matter of fact, read it with me, would you? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That in verse 15, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then it goes into John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, that verse was in the context of the story from Numbers 21, where God was judging the people because they were complaining. And God said to the people, listen, you're all being bitten by serpents. You're dropping like flies dead. If you don't want to die, all you have to do is look up on the brass serpent. And if you look up, you will live. And if you choose not to look up, you will die. And believe it or not, there are people who chose not to look up. And because they chose not to look up, they died. And those who chose to look up and they said, look, we don't understand this. We don't understand what's the deal with the whole looking up thing, a brass serpent. So what? It's a piece of metal. By the way, that's where we get the medical insignia with the serpent on the brass pole. That's where we get that from. I was a hospital corpsman, go Navy. That was our insignia. The serpent. Very cool. And there were people, perhaps they didn't understand it. So what? Look up. What's that going to do? A brass serpent. So what? Because they didn't understand it, they chose not to look up. Listen, God tells us to walk by faith and not by what? Sight. There are so many things that you will not understand, but we're called to be obedient unto God. And if we are obedient unto God, even though we don't understand it, if we look up, we'll live. There are people like that today. Jesus says, listen, I died for you. I was lifted up on the cross for you. And all you have to do is look up and you'll live. And do you know there are people who won't look up? You know, that's what the Harvest Crusade is all about. It's all about lifting up Jesus. If, if I be lifted up, he says, I'll draw all men unto myself. So the Harvest Crusade is really about lifting up Jesus. And if people would just look up. And see Jesus, they'll live. And there are people who choose not to. 
God says, I got life and I got blessings and I got hope and I got joy and I got peace and I got all these things for you. If you were simply just one single thing you need to do, you know, Jesus could have said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to get on the cross and die. Somebody say, amen. He could have said that. He could have said, no, nah, I don't think I want to die. You know, I just don't feel like it today. I think you should get on the cross. And you should suffer and you should die. He didn't say that. He said, all I want you to do is look up. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Just simply look up. So this altar, here's the point, saints. Listen, this altar made of brass speaks of judgment that came upon Christ for us. That's what the altar speaks of. Now, in verse nine, we just read it. It takes us actually into the courtyard of the tabernacle. Go ahead and peek at it again in verse 9. I want to tell you that the outer court is 150 feet long. If you're taking notes, write this down. The outer court is 150 feet long and 75 feet wide. There are 60 brass pillars capped with silver, and the brass pillars were to be anchored in brass sockets. Now, you got to understand something. Listen, saints, give me your attention. As you take the journey, and perhaps you can get this in your mind's eye. As you take the journey toward the tabernacle, you got to understand a person in the desert, because it was erected in the desert, a person approaching the tabernacle, walking from way back in the desert, As they are coming forward, they see an awesome, majestic sight. As you come near the tabernacle, you couldn't help but be in awe of what you saw. As you walked in the desert, there was the outer wall of the tabernacle court. It was pure, fine linen wall standing against the dirt, standing against the sand that was around it. And then even around the tabernacle, are you still with me? You got the tabernacle, you got the fenced in, I should have had a picture. You have the fenced in the the area and these white curtains, these 60 pillars all around and white curtains. And then even on the outside of them, you have the children of Israel that are encamped around the tabernacle with their dark and ugly, dingy tents. By the way, all of their tents were facing toward the tabernacle. When you got in place, according to your tribe, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll tell you more later. But when you got in place, you were to set your tent up so that the door faced the tabernacle. God wanted everybody to have all eyes on Jesus. Okay. So it's amazing. It's these white curtains and and, and, and these brass poles, and they're all capped with silver. And, 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 and all of this is against the, the backdrop of the, the dirt, the backdrop of the, of the sand. And as you drew near to that place, you could tell. You would sense. Remember, this is the only thing out there. Are y'all getting this? This is the only thing you see as a traveler, as a wanderer. And you come upon this thing? Something struck you. You knew it was a place that was set apart for God. You knew this place was set apart from the world. 
You knew this place was a place of holiness and sanctification and dedication. You knew this place was a place for the committed. And you got the feeling that this place was for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to worship the almighty, holy God. And so you see this majestic scene. You know, it's going to be like heaven. It's like heaven. When we get to heaven, we're going to behold the glory of God. Don't you understand? This is God's tabernacle. That's why it's so amazing. And as you approach and you get closer, it's even more amazing. And so you pass through the gate, which is 30 feet wide. That's a pretty big gate. And the very first thing that you happen upon is the brass altar where the blood sacrifices were made. And no one, listen, no one, no one, underscore no one, could enter without the shedding of blood. There was no drawing close without the shedding of blood. And so as the people came, they would bring their sacrifices and they would shed blood for their sins. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.